What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to uh, another another episode here of us walking through Second um, Peter chapter one and verse four. Uh, so, if you have your copy of God's Word, please go ahead and open it and turn it now to Second Peter chapter one and verse four. And I am going to read the verse again for us, uh, and then we are going to continue to unpack. Um, again, from a very, very uh, high level, uh, this wonderful, wonderful sentence uh, penned by the Apostle Peter under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. God's word says this, for by these, he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them, you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. And uh, this time, what we're going to be looking at is the purpose of his promises, the purpose of his promises. And so the section we're going to be looking at in this verse is uh, when Peter says, so that by them, you may become partakers of the divine nature. Um, You know, when we looked at uh, these precious and magnificent promises, one of the things that we talked about was the fact that you cannot um, divorce the um, attributes of God from his actions, from his promises, from his assurances, his guarantees. Um, And everything that God does has a purpose. And that purpose is uh, for his glory, first and foremost. Uh, And then we saw um, and and were reminded in in Romans chapter 8 that another purpose of everything that we experience, everything that God in his sovereignty um, allows to take place, everything works for good. It works for um, those who uh, love God and are called according to his purpose. Everything works together for good. And the Lord has left us these incredible, uh, precious and magnificent promises. And so, so Peter's saying so that by them, and we've already established that the them would be the promises. Um, so that literally is in order that, um, that this is why we have him. This is why we have his promises that we may become partakers that, uh, literally could be translated as to be made partakers of the divine nature. So, so we're going to answer the question again, just from a very, very high level. Why do we have his promises? What are the purposes of his assurances and promises? Um, and the guarantees that we have again, what is the purpose behind them? So as a reminder, we've been, we've been granted and we've been gifted. We've been bestowed Christ himself and his promises. And the point is, the point of those promises is that we may become partakers of the divine nature. Um, and here's something uh, important to remember that when we are granted Christ, when we are bestowed Christ, um, that is what's, uh, what theologians have con- I've referred to as, as, as uh, positional sanctification. Um, positionally, we've been sanctified. We have been made right before a holy God, um, not based upon anything that we have done, but purely on uh, the merit of the completed works of Jesus Christ. And the point is, is that we would become partakers. Now that word partakers, koinonos in the Greek, it's uh, to be a partner, a companion, a sharer. 
Um, literally, you've been made a sharer of the divine nature. Um, and referring back to Romans 8, um, we see in verse 29, and it's so funny, everybody always knows Romans 8, 28. Um, but then sometimes sometimes we forget Romans 8, 29, that because, and, and, and God's word says this, because those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. So, uh, so here in, in, in the original language, we see that the, the divine nature, the, um, the theos, the, the, tr- the, the divine here is, is the Trinitarian God of scripture. Uh, we see um, in, in the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles in, in chapter 17, um, we see this uh, starting in verse 24. Um, God's word says that, that the God who made the world and all the things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things. And he made from one man, every nation of mankind to inhabit the face of the earth, having having determined their appointed times in the boundaries of their habitation, that they would seek God. If perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and exist. Even as some of your own poets have said, for we are, we also are his offspring. Now listen to verse 29. Being then the offspring of God, we ought not suppose that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the craft and thought of man. We have to understand that the divine nature is the, uh, is, is so much more precious than again, coming around this word of precious, uh, so much more precious than anything we, we could ever hope to have, um, in this world, in this life to say that we are partakers of the divine nature, uh, again, by no works of our own is the highest and greatest purpose of anyone who has been adopted into the family of God. So the purpose of, of, of having the gift granted to us of Christ, the gift granted to us of, of his righteous life and, and, and the gift that of, of having our sin t- uh, imputed unto him and for him to receive the punishment for what we deserved is the most precious thing. And we all need it, all of us each and every day. So the divine nature is not just when we read this, we don't just read this in a, in a haphazard way uh, of just going, oh yeah, the divine nature. No, you have to understand that the divine nature is contrary to who we are by nature. So, so we see that having, having our, our nature changed and, and this uh, nature here is, is phusis in the Greek. It's, it's your disposition, the characteristics of who you are in Christ. Our nature is new. Now, remember, apart from Christ, Ephesians 2 says that we were dead in our transgressions and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience, among whom we also formerly conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, doing the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath 
even as the rest. So apart from Christ, our nature is at, we, we are at war with God. We are enemies of God, scripture tells us. And so when we are granted Christ and, 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 and we understand the gospel, we repent of our sins, we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, our heart of stone has been replaced and it with a heart of flesh. And we are no longer by nature children of wrath. We no longer uh, have that. But now our partakers, we are sharers, uh, companions of, of, of the divine nature. It's Ezekiel 36 that describes that spiritual heart surgery that takes place. Scripture says that this, then I will sprinkle, sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your uncleanliness and from your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will be careful to do my judgments. What a beautiful picture of what happens at the moment of regeneration. So therein lies our, that, that uh, positional sanctification that, that we talked about a second ago. And, and as we receive in uh, this, these precious and magnificent promises, we now walk in them. We are partakers, participators of the divine nature. It's Romans 12 verses one and two. Therefore, I exhort you brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a sacrifice, living, holy, and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may approve what the will of God is, that which is good and pleasing and perfect. So here we see that 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 how we how we walk in this nature um, is by that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. The Apostle Paul goes on to say in Colossians, uh, Colossians chapter three verses one through seventeen. And for the sake of time, I'm not going to read it, but I want to challenge you um, to read it. Open your Bibles, read Colossians, read what it means to put on the new man, to be partakers of the divine nature, and to walk in that. So as we wrap up today, let me ask you a question. What does, what do your actions say about your nature? And remember, we're not, we're not saved by works. We're not trying to earn favor with God. Um, we, we are not saved by works, but we are his workmanship. And, and scripture tells us in Ephesians 2 in verse 10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So here's a great question. Another great question for all of us. Are you a partaker, a sharer, a companion of the divine nature? Are you participating in the divine nature? Um, and, uh, and, and you may be listening to this and, and maybe you don't have the divine nature. Well, then I would, I would challenge you, um, to, uh, to repent of your sin, to put your faith in Christ and understanding that, that he lived the life that you could not died the death that you deserved. Um, and, and we, we celebrate the gospel. We remember the gospel, the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. If you are in Christ and you are a partaker in the divine nature, maybe it's something you haven't thought about in a while. 
Well, remember that the letter of Second Peter is, uh, Peter says this is a, a letter of remembrance. Um, here in, in Second Peter 1, just a, a few verses, a few sentences down, um, Peter says, Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and choosing sure, for in doing these things you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance to the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been strengthened in the truth, which is present with you. I consider it right, as long as I am in this earthly dwelling, to stir you up by way of reminder, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent and and also our Lord Jesus Christ has indicated to me. And so, so Peter writes this to remind us, and I'm, 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 I'm recording this and, and, and we're walking through this verse as a reminder for those of us in Christ that, uh, of these wonderful truths. So uh, I hope that this has been uh, beneficial for you today. We are praying for you. We appreciate you. We love you. And we'll see you on the next one. Thank you.